Hey everybody, this is Chris D from Macro Ops. Easy for me to say, Macro Ops Podcast. Your amazingly humble host. Um, last week I spoke with Alex. We talked about the imminent, uh, kind of how everything was just kind of teetering and, and ready for a big move. He was talking about dollar short, S&P new highs. We talked about gold breaking out. And we talked about the 10-year yields at 2%. So about a week later, let's have a look at, starting with, the S&P hitting new highs. <laughs> he called that one quite well. Uh, I'm going to put my take on it too. Uh, we're in a nice, basically if, if you back up and you take a look at a monthly chart on the S&P, if you don't already have the picture blasted into your brain by staring at it every day. Um, we are at all-time highs, obviously, put in new all-time highs. But with the systems that I trade, I basically focus on volatility, contraction, and expansion to analyze the, the global markets. And the thing that's most notable to me is the S&P has moved into a volatility contraction phase. Now, this was our third shot at putting in new highs, and this was our third new high. So one thing we know on about markets are higher highs and higher lows equal a trending market. Now, it's a little hard to see if you look at it on the daily chart, maybe even the weekly chart, but we have had higher highs and higher lows, except for the 2015 through, I guess, <laughs> uh, the day after elections in 2016. Um, that was the only, the most recent period of going into the contracted volatility. Prior to, since then, since election day, really, 2016, presidential election day, um, we have not seen any volatility contraction. Sure, we've flopped around in different places, but it's pretty gone. It's pretty much been going up. And for the last, let, let's say, year and a half since 2018, we have had definitely since Volpocalypse, especially, we have definitely had uh, some sideways action. And what's interesting about that is that's exactly what happened in 20, uh, 2015 as we were going into the election cycle. So. Uh, as we're at 2019, four years later, we kind of end up in the same uh, same exact area that not not exactly, but in the same characteristics that we have on the 2015 election cycle. And it actually somewhat looks similar to 2019, or I'm sorry, 2012, 2011, 2012 timeframe, where you know we had the uh, we had the second term. From the Obama administration, there was some, you know, some concerns that that wouldn't work out, and you know, the market really started to started to play around with that again. So, what's interesting is every four years we have this volatility compression in equities, and then we are off to the races from there. So, as we are just entering, I mean, really, we entered. I would say at the uh, at the beginning of 2019, the end of 2018, is when we got brought into this 
believe it or not, low volatility regime. Uh, for those that have not permanently blacked out their uh, Q4 2018, that steep drop we had is what brought us into, it, it, it contracted our, our volatility. Um, and so for the past six months or so, we've just been uh, traveling from those lows to these new highs today with just one down month, that being in May. And what's interesting about this is as we put in new highs, we were able to check that off the off the shopping list, I guess, or off the requirements. So we've been able to put in a, a new high and that's consistent. We put in a new high, two new highs in 2018 uh, before you know the Volpocalypse drop and then Q4, Q3, Q4 handover drop. And since then, we've been able to put in uh, a new high on the S&P, whereas NASDAQ had led that. Russell is trailing far behind. So we find ourselves in this 10-year bull run. It's and, and going into the election cycle. It's very interesting. I mean, this is a this is a decade ending. We're we're at the we're at the last half of of the decade now. I'm sorry, at the last half of the last year of the decade. And we're tightening our compression we're compressing our volatility inside what could most likely be some sideways action while we go through this election cycle. And it's somewhat, it's a little bit similar to 2012, uh, 2011, I should say, but not exactly uh, as, as obvious. That, that trend, it pretty much uh, bottomed in uh, right at the end of, or the Q, four of 2011 and pretty much everybody knew that Obama was going to win and was off to the races because you didn't have to adjust monetary policy due to a new administration or anything like that. So that's probably what we have coming into place. Once it becomes clear, if the, if the market isn't already clear on who the, the, the clear winner of the presidential elections will be, uh, it'll continue to go sideways, much like we had in 2016 with, um, with the Hillary Trump, there was a lot of indecision, a lot going on into it. And then as soon as it was clarified, it was off to the races. So we probably see something like that in this period of time. At least that's my, that's my thoughts. That being said, we also, in this compressed volatility, we have the ability to expand that compression. And that, that's what happens when you have compressed volatility. You, don't, you know that a move is coming and you just don't know what the move is. So yesterday was uh, the FOMC announcement of no interest rate change, and I th you know that that overnight session, the Globex session afterward, is when people were just buying gold hand over fist, and silver came to play a little bit later. We didn't get anything in platinum, which is one I'm watching because there is compressed volatility there. But the dollar also broke down quite a bit. So step two of that, uh, step two of that uh, equation that that Alex had laid out for us, shows the dollar 
you know, I, I was long last week. I got my, I pulled my pound of flesh out of that trade. Uh, I was just looking to get a, a quick pop, which I got across the currencies. The only one that didn't come into play was the dollar yen. So we're going to have to take a look at the yen as well. Um, but what we're seeing is if we go back to, we're, we're nowhere different than where we were in 2016, 2015 timeframe on the dollar when we had that election. And, you know, once the election results came out and, and, you know, they, once Trump took office, it pretty much was a question of like, okay, what is monetary policy going to look like? And I got to tell you, it looks based on the dollar, it's about identical to what it was going into the election in 2015. So we've traveled from 104 down to 88 and we're smack dab in the middle at 96 on the dollar. Uh, if we take a look at where we were in June of 2016, 2015, I should say, uh, 96, believe it or not, we were at 96 at that point in time. So there's some interesting things when you consider that volatility compression where we sit there for a very long period of time after a bit of a, you know, a, a bounce from the early 2000 weak dollar policy. We're kind of smack dab in the middle of weak dollar, strong dollar, and there's no decision. So we have, we have no clue of the dollar here. Alex is bearish. I've put on a bearish bet. That's a short-term trade. Uh, short dollar yen, um, but I, you know, I'm I'm not looking at this as a as a, a massive move in markets, and nor do I trade that way. But it is interesting to note that all of the things that Alex has been putting together is playing out now. It's victory lap time, right? <laughs> um, so that's not going to give us too much. That's not going to give us too much information about what is happening. But one thing that is, as, as we drill down, we're, we hit all-time highs on the S&P today. This would be Thursday, June 20th, day before summer solstice. And we hit all-time highs on the S&P. We, we broke below uh, the 2% line on the 10-year yields. So again, it's just a magic round number. Everybody likes to have in their mind these, you know, these ma mystical magic numbers, but it did in fact um, break that and continued. Well, we had a pretty interesting reversal day, but um, that's an intraday thing. So it's, you know, we may get a little bit of a bounce now that we broke that 2% level and we came back above it. But that's not giving us a whole lot there either. So. Um, even though rates, the Fed fund rate was not adjusted, um, or the overnight lending rate was not adjusted, we are back to the market actually having a vote in, having a vote in, in where interest rates are going. And so with the dollar breaking out and we have current or, um, the cost of the dollar, the, the 10 year, uh, yield dropping below that 2% line, that's bullish for stocks. So we'll see how that goes. Now, what really is interesting is breaking out on gold. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna 
be too like I'm not going to call the shot that it is a breakout cuz we you know we got to close the month above the uh well 1384 is what it is today but we, we got to we've been in volatility compression for 5 years since 2014 December 2014 is when we were in volatility compression and that was after that 286 to $1,900 rise. So we would expect a lot of sideways actions after such a parabolic meteoric move. And we're getting that except today's move in gold, a 6.4% day. The last time we had a day so big on the upside, I should say, I'm sorry, that's not, that's a, that's a month move 6% so far this month. Last time we've moved anywhere near that was in June of 2016. So three years ago, where it kind of seemed like we were off to the races after some good bottoming and, and it completely turns. So this is our first move outside the volatility bands, which we have to close the month outside it for it to signal anything or to be faded. But at the moment, it looks like we're just continuing to ride out gold in its sideways actions. Another interesting thing we want to pay attention to is actually, let me go back to gold and, and you know, it's exciting to look at the monthlies. But what's, what's most interesting is the daily gold today, whereas we started to break out at the beginning of June, clearly see that whoever had their thumb on the, the top of the market lost control and we bust out of vol our volatility contraction, which we spent most of May and, and off a lot of the, the year in this sideways volatile compressed regime. Uh, the last day of May, we bust out of that volatility compression and we confirm it on the following day by continuing higher and not reversing. And then any pullback from there is a buy opportunity. So. Anywhere at, uh, so 1330, 1343, and you're already at 1390 today. Um, yeah, 1393 was the high today. Uh, the first signal being at, at 1306. So, I mean, you know, you've got quite a big, quite a big move that's put in gold and it's still, it's still rambunctious. We, we busted that volatility expand, uh, band again today uh, with huge volume. And on a, it's just a 2% day, but closing or opening and, and moving 2% higher and expanding the trend is a really, really bullish sign. So it has to, it has to continue to extend that trend, which by, by its nature means that something, if, if, if gold is doing something of that nature so rapidly, so quickly, something very interesting is happening. And I think the news that we're all kind of, uh, that, that really came to the market today, not just the FOMC and, and the central banks and everything that they did, but the Iran situation today with last week in the news, um, Iran was allegedly, I don't even know, I don't, I don't watch too much of the news, but that stuff makes it into my feed from time to time. Uh, allegedly attacked through mines a um, 
a Japanese and a Norwegian tanker in the Straits of Hormuz, Gulf of Oman region. And actually one, I think one was in the Persian Gulf too, uh, further up there, the Norwegian one, I believe. Um, okay, maybe, maybe not. And then you have today Iran shooting down a $130 million drone. So um, the war drums are beaten pretty hard and gold's already going to be interest rate sensitive. And, you know, if, if, if the 10 year is below 2%, gold is probably going to kind of step on the trigger a little bit or step on the gas a little harder. Follow it, and then you have all time highs in the, in the uh, S&P. So as Asia session is starting to warm up, we're going to see what is, you know, what's really available in the market and what we're, you know, who, who's really moving things. This is, this will be the second Globex session um, starting our second after yesterday, you know, yesterday was that big Globex session overnight trading that really, really woke everybody up, especially in the, in the metals. So we're keeping an eye on that one. Uh, again, another good one. Um, now, Dr. Copper tells us nothing. We are compressed volatility on copper, but nothing really interesting. Um, now, obviously, because we're going to be having a war, theoretically, if that's what the market's thinking, in the Persian Gulf, uh, what's the one thing that people are going to be most aggressively pricing? And that's going to be oil. And yeah, we had a really strong day on oil. We had a, right, well, currently, let's just say we, we went through um, from 2016, basically, actually, it's from 2015 to today, we are exactly the same price. So if we look at June 2015, we were trading at 60 and we are trading at 55, 58 today. So basically the same. It did run up near 80 and it did drop down near the, the 40 levels and, and in 16 it did drop down into the 30 levels. But for the most part, we are sideways and, and that's much different than the parabolic move back in 08 where we were up at you know 140. That was um, you know peak oil price before the financial crisis and then sideways recovery another breakdown and now we're down in this lower regime so we're going to want to see some big action if we're, if we're getting close to war drums beating in in the persian gulf then we should definitely be seeing some oil moves and since last week's um, antics in the persian gulf well basically since the beginning of this week we have had a 4% day, a flat day. Today was a 5.5% up day. Uh, so that's, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, coming into Thursday. Like there's not um, that. I haven't seen that big of a move in a while. And we're on expanded volatility. So we had broken down pretty hard and we came right back rather quickly. So who knows if, uh, if, it's, if Iran is going to be an issue, but this, um, but paying attention to oil and, you know, it's energy week on, uh, macro voices. I haven't listened to, uh, Eric's podcast yet, but I know that they are very, um, focused on energy at macro voices. Generally speaking, Eric likes to trade those and 
you know, we're definitely, um, definitely something that the listeners, if they're not listening to macro voices, check out their podcast and, um, you know, get up to speed on what the, what those names are, are looking at in the space. So, um, sitting here looking at oil, this has, to me, it's no man's land. It, I mean, I don't have a setup. I'm waiting for a setup on this, but yeah, it would, you know, up to the 60 area and failing. So maybe not a, maybe not a war with Iran, but if we break that 60, it could, it could do some things. And that's just a round number for, for ballpark sakes, actually around 59, 55 at the moment. Um, that's the world as I see it. I want to get to currencies because this is where the action's been for me. And it just, so it's super interesting. We have on, on the dollar yen, we have this, this very tight for the last uh, year. It's been April of 2018. We have had this very tight compressed volatility range on the dollar yen. And, you know, we entered this, this range back in February of 2016. And it pretty much is just, it was nice and wide volatile range. And then it has narrowed down to a fine point. We're currently right at the bottom, getting down to the bottom of the range, which would put us at the, you know, right around, let's see, let's call it 105.57 area, 105.5 on dollar yen. That's a, that's a hearty move as a hearty move just to get down there. And all that does is that is the bottom of the, the volatility range. So there, what I want to note with this information is not, it seems that nothing has been resolved. This is just headline. This is just news getting, uh, weak interest rates, the market voting with weak interest rates rams the, uh, the S and P higher. Gold and oil get a little shaken, but I'm not sure that it's exactly going to be. If if gold's leading the story, then we're about to get a good drop in the dollar. It, it'll be a hearty, hearty drop. Uh, if gold fails, turns around, and comes back in, then this is just going to continue sideways until we can get something to bust it out. Uh, looks the same on the franc. The loony. Mexican peso. Kiwi. Aussie, though it's still trending down. Uh, Euro has had a little bit more um, to say about things, uh, but still within that volatility regime. And despite all the drama in the pound, it is it's drifted down quite a bit. But we are in a compressed volatility regime, and sideways action is uh, continued on the uh, on the menu. Euro um, Euro versus the pound is, I mean, it's just compressed everywhere, compressed everywhere. Volatility is waiting. So Aussie CAD has broken out of its range, but I'm not sure that that's going to be anything close to a leading indicator. Oh, and the one final one I really want to pay attention to is corn. Corn has done what gold is looking to do. Corn busted out of its sideways range, ended the month, above that range and continues to extend that range. So corn is a, an interesting uh, uh, metaphor for the economy, right? Um, and, and where things are going. So 
after breaking out of that tight volatile range, it expands this volatility with force. So that could be telling us something interesting is coming up. And that could be the same analog that we would expect in gold. Um, silver has a long ways to go before it can get to, I mean, it has to get above 17, 17 before it even starts to look like it's breaking out. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of opportunity in the, in the space. So if, I guess what I want to get at here is if we are about to this, this, I've done a number of podcasts this last few months talking about where we are in macro and how the space is about to blow up. If we're looking at the dollar breaking down, gold breaking out, oil breaking out, new highs breaking out on equities, and we got commodities starting to run a little hot. Actually, they're not running hot. There's a lot of opportunity in the in the in the softs. When I say when I'm in commodities, I meant the softs. Uh, there's a lot of room to run everywhere. And if we've just been after a 10 year, well, let's call it a, a nine year rally, taking a year to go sideways in equities, if you back up and, and look at that, um, if you back up and look at the, uh, with, with sober eyes at the S and P it has done it has expanded and gone sideways. So a healthy pullback is definitely in, uh, or not pullback, a sideways move is certainly in order. And we are getting that. And we have a new high, higher, low, high, high, higher, low, higher, high, higher, low, higher, high. It's, um, there is plenty of move left in equities, but I think we need to confirm that we're gonna keep getting these low rates and something exciting perhaps a war now that we have Iran surrounded from Afghanistan and Iraq um, and certain <laughs> certain dynastic members of the uh, the Washington crew Kissinger and such uh, and Bolton in the in the Washington area and, and we know they are they're very hawkish on on the uh, their, their war they, they do enjoy a good war um, things are kind of lining up here. Things are kind of lining up here. So uh, I really just wanted to run a victory lap for Alex, who basically called all this last week, um, and be, you know, take a snapshot of where we are right now. With contracted volatility across the board and some breakouts happening, this could be a, even though we are this far short of the presidential election, um, if there is a consensus that nobody is going to be able to, the 20 something um, democratic candidates are not gonna be able to launch uh, any competitive efforts to uh, the Trump administration, then this thing could take off, one. Uh, two, if we happen to have ourselves a, um, a war, that, that and when you think about the setup of this war starting, I, let's say 1979 is when the potential setup of this Iran war started. Uh, you know, we, we helped Iraq try to handle the problem in the eighties where we were working, where Rumsfeld was working with them quite well. And who knows, this could be the, uh, the beginning of as, Neil Howe talks about the fourth turning, 
uh, and the timing could not be more accurate as we come into the the second decade. I'm sorry, the third decade. Uh, we begin the third decade of the this millennium, being 85 years, 80 years from our last big event. I think this could actually be the um, circling up of World War III. Who knows? All right, that's a big claim. Anyway, okay, um, covered all that. I want to say make sure to go to uh, macro-ops.com, get signed up for our uh, free newsletters. We dump a tremendous amount of free content out there and get you, you know get yourself ready to go and, and kind of up to speed on what we got going on. Uh, reach out to me, Chris, uh, at Chris D Macro, Chris D is in Delta Macro on Twitter and Instagram, or Chris at macro-ops.com if you got any questions, any thoughts, hate mail. Um, I'm knocking out a few courses. I'm building out some coursework for traders. Uh, our, our first course was uh, the Consistently Profitable Trader. I've uh, been working with a number of people who've worked on that. We're gonna we're gonna keep pumping out some good uh, content to the to those of you who have purchased that. And if you haven't yet, uh, there is more that will build upon itself. Uh, then the next course is the backtesting course. And you know how, if you know me and follow me at all, you know how important a building robust backtests in, or building strong backtests to build out a robust trading system and philosophy is key to uh, long-term success in this game. And then finally, we're gonna be putting together a, a full macro uh, long-term system very similar to what uh, what Bridgewater, what Ray Dalio talks about, you know, interest rates where we have inflation and growth uh, lead the contraction expansion of the economy and the economic cycles. And we're going to go ahead and build that up from scratch, uh, provide all the work and um, open up all the, uh, the secret sauce that needs to be known to run a portfolio in that way and, and share that out with all you, uh, you know, as the next, uh, the next big thing that we, uh, we push out here. So be sure to hit me up if you have any questions and yeah, love to, love to hear from you. Hit me up on Twitter. Like I said, Christy macro, uh, email me, Chris at macro ops.com. And yeah, that is probably where we're going to keep it here since we're doing just a quick 30 minute episode.